And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Here we go, folks. It is a rare Tuesday edition. We are live from the bunker on an off day, I guess you could say. Welcome, everybody. My name is Jason Hutt. I'm the editor here at Sci-Fi For Me. Happy to have you along with us for the ride. Uh, we are broadcasting live to Odyssey, Facebook, and YouTube. If you are with us live, you can jump in the chat. If you are not with us live, you can still leave a comment. Uh, you can send us an email, live from the bunker at sci-fi for me.com. Uh, if you want to listen to this show as a podcast, we're on a number of different players. Uh, shout out to everybody who's listening to us in Russia and Canada and Thailand and Australia. Good to have all of you with us. And <coughs> it is December 6th. It is the, the day that Star Trek VI hit theaters and... That gives me a moment to humble brag that I've got a copy of the uh, trailer. Don't ask me how I got it. I'm old. I don't remember. All right. <laughs> so here we go. It is It is uh, uh, the gift that keeps on giving this show is. And today we're going to be talking about gifts. We're going to be talking about a Christmas movie. It's called A Christmas Prayer. And the star of said film, Chad L. Coleman, joins us today to talk about that. I imagine we'll probably talk about a couple of other things too welcome sir good to have you back thank you it's good to be back <laughs> so um i'm, I'm not going to ask about the orville because we don't have anything uh we don't have an announcement about season four do we yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have some promising chatter but that's about it all right all right so we do have uh we do have this new movie now you're when i first got the note about this Chad L. Coleman in a Christmas movie. I thought, wait, what? But you've done a number, of, you know, because everybody thinks either The Walking Dead or The Orville. I mean, you're you're in the the genre milieu more than anything else. But mm-hmm. your your background, you've done a number of different things. You've done drama with The Wire. You've done science fiction with The Orville. You've done kind of horror with The Walking Dead, and. I guess it's only a matter of time before everybody cycles through a, a a Christmas movie of some sort. But this is not your typical feel-good Hallmark Christmas movie like you would find, you know, with the posters and everybody in their red sweaters in front of the Christmas tree. This is a little bit different. Tell, tell me about this. This is true. It has a bit of that. But uh, th- that's what really piqued my interest in this uh, sky. Dennis out of Philly, he wrote this and and he was uh, intent on making something that was relatable, that was not fluff, and that totally showed that the community could rally around one another. And it took the pastor off the pedestal and brought him down to earth, but yet it still has a miracle feel to it. So he was able to do that. And I think in a lot of entertainment today, the hybrid is the deal. Yeah. You know, if you think of the Orville, that's that's really the the linchpin of of the Orville. It is funny and serious. So it doesn't that it's like a non-binary reality now. It's a bit of so when you can mash up that way, I think you get way more mileage because people can smell cheese uh, a mile away now. <laughs> and it's a turnoff, I believe. Yeah. Unless you're going straight absurdity. You know what I mean? If you're not twisting it on its head for twisting it on its head's sake, then you need to be a hybrid. You need to bring it down to a real relatable place because look at the times we're in. When people are suffering and dealing with divisiveness and going through things I think one real surefire lane is, no, we're not doing escapism. You're right. You're right. It's tough out there. So let me encourage you in a very real way. And I'm always interested in that. Well, and that's something you talked about when you were on the, on the, on the channel six months ago, talking about, you know, that, 
that idea of of relatability and yes it's tough out there and yeah you know the escapism has a place but at the same time you're dealing with you know being able to relate to people even those people that doesn't you know, e- even those people that don't necessarily agree with you or share your values yep. you know that was something that you that you were talking about being very important is is listening to people that may not necessarily be quote unquote on your side or 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 that kind of thing and mm-hmm. i think that kind of approach for an actor is is especially important because you're playing so many different types of people you yeah. know you're playing you know an ex-con you're playing uh you know this or that you know an alien or you know all of these different <laughs> types of yeah. characters yeah. you have to be able to get into that mindset even if it's something that you would totally be be against that's right it, it starts with empathy. It starts with empathizing. And it starts with just being open. Uh, even if you can't start with empathy, you can start with being non-judgmental and open and listen. You know? Listen. Hear. Hear what's being said. And allow space for that. You know? That's something I just, just the other day on IG, I had to just really to say, wow, you don't have any space to tolerate a different perspective? Well, what's that about? Yeah. So this person was taking me to task and just judging me <laughs> upside down about someone rapping that they felt that that person had no right to even try to rap Jay-Z's music. And I said, it's creativity. What? what? You, oh, you the culture police to that degree that a person can't express themselves? That's karaoke, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> and so all these other layers was being spewed, and then they would judge me. And I was like, I just, I only want to say to you, I hear you, and I'm making space for what you feel and believe. Why can't you make space without judging me for my perspective and perception? That, that's very important yeah. to me. Well, and and that kind of headspace that you're in, I think would make it a little bit easier to play the type of character you're playing in this new movie. I mean, you're playing a minister, you're in your, you know, preaching to the choir, you've got the church and, and you know, you have that responsibility there until your past raises its ugly head and, you know, there's this accusation of crime. And, of course, you've got the drama there. But, you know, the the ministers that I've, exp- that I've had interactions with, the good ones, have that same mindset. It's, you know, you have to be able to listen. You have to be able to engage in a dialogue and have a conversation with people even if it's something that you look at and say, you know, this is not for me, but I, I need to, I got to meet you at your, at where you're at so we can start to have a, a conversation and an understanding. And I think that's probably something that you may have brought to this character. Uh, I think so, because primarily my brother is a minister and that's the type of dude he is in the church and on the streets and at McDonald's and you know at <laughs> yeah. the movies. That's the person he is and that's the person that had a profound effect on shaping how I show up as a man. Yeah, uh, Death Angel Shadow in the chat says an exchange of ideas is what helps society advance. It can't be a one way street. And I think he's got a point. It's it is a, a, a very important thing to be able to you know, have that have that open back and forth. And, and like you said, the cancel culture is such nowadays that we don't get to do very much of that as much as we should. Yeah. So does that impact what kind of projects you take? If you're looking at something, how does this how does this help advance a dialogue? How does this help with understanding each other because you know you're not necessarily an activist, but you do say, you know, you bring your act your acting a, a sense of civic responsibility along with it. Are you right. what? What kind of filters are involved in in picking and choosing your your 
projects? Well, you, you know, I am my instrument. So everything about me comes to the table and I'm looking through my lens first when I'm reading the material, you know? So I'm reading the material through my filter. I can't help that. So if if immediately it's sparking like, oh my goodness, I, that that's exactly what I feel it should be out there. This, oh my goodness, okay, yeah, this this speaks to me. This is the kind of content I want to help put out from many different levels. So if I was just saying, I'm really not into fluff Christmas movies. Well, this answers that for me. You know what I mean? Right. Not disparaging, but like, okay, what am I involved in? That's all. You know, I I, I will do Rudolph all day in the Miracle on 34th Street, you know, but as far as how do I enter into this lexicon? And that is very important for me to have something feet on the ground, relatable, and then we can go elsewhere. We can visit other places. Uh, who doesn't love miracles? But at the same time, I'm interested in, in a grounded miracle. You know what I mean? Sure. Sure. Now, this particular story, you're you're playing a, a minister named Andre Dillard. You're, uh, the character is former alcoholic, now a respected minister. Uh, you're in a you're in a, in a hometown church. You're accused of a crime, and your past comes back to haunt him. So, what what headspace do you have to be in for that? Because you know, ex-con, uh -huh. ha haunted past, that kind yeah. of thing. I mean, where. Where do you reach for that? So there's a question in the chat about digging deep into your experience in the character. How much is, is on the page and how much are you bringing to this particular, this role? Well, the first thing is, again, the demystification of the minister. <laughs> he's not floating, <laughs> you know, he, he's not walking <laughs> on water, gang. Yeah. He's a human being who's, who aspires to his best spiritual self. So I'm starting there. Uh, and then I'm a huge proponent of redemption, second chances. All right. Well, you got me on both of those. Then I know people are going to say, huh? But alcoholism is very relatable and very humanizing. Yes. It's through my lens. It's like, yeah. How many people face this challenge? And how many people really face it during the holidays? During the holidays is when some of the most challenging times as far as that's concerned. Because you, you want to connect, you want to relate. But uh, So to see this minister walk through this in, in this TV story, walk through this in very real time and facing some other things that we don't want to give away, but you did see it in the trailer. So right. if a dude's in an orange suit, I think you kind of can put two or two together. <laughs> but look at how he walks through it. What does everyone facing these kinds of challenges need? Community support. That's it. I need the support of my community. And that's what we demonstrate in the piece. And then we demonstrate how, what happens. One of the most painful experiences is childhood friendship betrayal. That is real. Right. I experienced it. I know. Like, what? I had a friend. He turned on me. Like, really? That's, that, that's a real, you know, that's, that's as real as it gets, too. How do you negotiate that? How do you get through that? How do you not shun? How do you not judge? How do you not come to blows? You know, that's very real. Yeah. And, you know, so as a man, wow, where do I go when my friend betrays me? Whoa, that's heavy. And we, we deal with that. It's really, all the components of this film, everything that we're offering up, it's just so relatable, and I, I would be hard-pressed to see anyone 
watching that won't go. I don't care who you are. I don't care what color you are. I don't. Well, the age, okay, a little bit, you know. But <laughs> but at the same time, of the appropriate age, you're going to relate to something in this piece. And yeah. then on a selfish level, I have to say real quick, to work with Marla Gibbs and Stan Shaw, and to have Creflo Dollar come along for this ride. Those are enticing reasons to say yes. I thought I recognized her in this. I thought, wait, is that? No. Yes. Is that? That's Actually, yes. That's yeah. really cool. Now, we got a mm -hmm. question in the chat. Is this movie sharing themes with The Apostle starring Robert Duvall? Uh, I, I have not seen that film, I'll admit. But it's, uh, oh, I that's think one it's of my favorites. That's one of my favorites. Um, I think his You Drill Down More on his personal journey and the level of hypocrisy that he's wrestling with within himself. Sure. Whereas my guy is sure of who he is, but it's just, it's coming at him again. He's sure of who he is, but the outside system in the outside world is coming at him basically saying, you're not who you say you are. And that's, it's a little bit different, but um, some of the power of the judgment, I mean, yeah, some of the power of the judgment and the power of how fervent his faith is, is the same. You're going to see a scene in here that's going to shake you with the power of, of, how, of his faith. And I and I that makes me think of Robert Duvall, who is happens to be one of my favorite, who's top five for me for sure. Now this is airing on TV One, and you talk about you know a sense of community and and the opportunity to work with people like Marla Gibbs and and the the channel has an emphasis on lifting up you know African American voices and and having that kind of of not necessarily a, a target audience but was that uh, was that a factor in deciding you're going to do this this picture because you know we've got we've got a question about Af afrofuturism uh, in the chat about you know lifting up lifting up those voices and and maybe you know, allowing them a space to have a little bit more impact in various different genres, not just science fiction. But I, I, I'll admit, TV One is not on my radar a lot because it's, you know it's I've never heard of it actually. I thought, well, I what is this? And now here, here this is. Now I have, so I'll have to check this out. Well, um, if you go to my IG, you will see yesterday. That's what I posted. I said, um, I'm about inclusion. So this is an invitation for all of you who have supported me on platforms like AMC, you've supported me on Amazon Prime, you've supported me on ABC, CBS, NBC. So if you don't know what TV One is, if you've never been able to watch anything on it, here's an invitation to have this experience with me because I'm about inclusion. Now, two things can be true at once, right? I'm saying the specificity of culture actually has a universal undertone. Yeah. And that's what I want people to be able to grasp. We're still talking about humanity, which transcends the specificity of culture, but it doesn't obliterate it. And right. that's a beautiful thing. Come peek in this window with me. I'm going to be right beside you looking in the window. And <laughs> you say, hey, man, what does that mean? And I'm going to tell you, that's what that means. That's what, that's how we do it, like da da da. And then it's going to come a time where you ain't going to be asking me no question. You'll just be into the story. And then you'll nudge me and go, oh, my God, he did that. That reminds me of what my uncle did, blah, blah, blah. You know? <laughs> right? Yeah. Like that. That's that's the experience I'm looking for. And that's why I'm saying to people, stop with, the, I know the capitalism says label. 
you better tell me what you're selling me. I get it. Yeah. But it's my job to say, no, there's more to it than that. And here's an invitation. And, and when you do it that way, instead of isolating someone, judging someone, you know, like, no, 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 I'm just invite. You are invited into this party right here. I want you to come. And we can have all sorts of conversation. That's great. I want you to be open and honest. But you've gone with me so many other places. Come with me here. I think that's a good way to to extend the family. Now, how does this experience compare with other projects? You've been in ensembles before. This mm-hmm. one, you're you're the lead. You're the one route in front of the ensemble. How does that feel? Oh, it felt amazing. I was ready for the responsibility. I started from point A. That's why I'm up first. I'm in the gym. <laughs> you know, I'm when I show up for work, I'm on point. I'm ready to bring my A game. Set the tone. Oh, this guy's not playing around, man. <laughs> and uh, listen, this is what we're doing in terms of content. No, everybody raise your game. Bring your A game to this. We're not settling here. We have an amazing story to tell. And let's bring all the true artistic value to it. Nobody's sleepwalking over here. Now, this is going to be on December 11th on TV One. Is it going to air anywhere else? Do you know if it's going to home video or streaming anywhere? Or is this the only place I, we're I going to see I don't have it? the complete specifics of the streaming, but yes, it is. It's something is uh, uh, on demand or something. Yeah, there'll be streaming opportunities, and it's going to run at least four times, you know, initially on, uh, on TV One. Now, when you got done with this, you know, a lot of people talk you know, with the with the Christmas part of it and the and the miracle part of it, and you know the that aspect of it. Did you come out of this project feeling any um, feeling any different? Uh, you know, the coming coming out to have has this. I don't know, say changed you, but what kind of an effect? does this have this kind of project have on you as an actor, as opposed to something like the walking dead where it's all, you know, mayhem and chaos and zombies and, you know, bullets and arrows flying everywhere. I mean, with the tone mm-hmm. being what it is and the themes being what it is, you know, what you get out of it at the end has got to be a lot different. I would think. Yeah. Um, not necessarily, because, again, okay, we get the escapism aspect of it, but uh, Tyrese was a leader, and Andre's a leader. So from a standpoint of my own personal experience, it says it's an affirmation, Chad, you are a leader. Chad, you do have civic responsibility, and the platform and the exposure and the art form gives you the opportunity to express that and be a part of uplifting people, inspiring people. That's very real to me, as well as I listen to gospel music all the time. I got used to do. Now, we got a a question in the chat. With your brother being a minister, did you, I mean, yes, he's going to be an influence, and you've got him as a reference point, but did you have any in-depth conversations with him about being a minister, about what this life is like, and you have have some some more in-depth notes or or anything about that to approach it? I lived it. I lived it with him. (laughs) I lived it with him. There were times in my life that, uh, like three summers in a row, I went home for counseling and nurturing from my brother from a spiritual perspective. And I was a young man in his church, you know, and I know some of the political drama and things that my brother went through with being under another pastor. I saw who he is as a man with his wife and his kids. Um I, I was with him in the community. I was with him becoming a school board 
the head of Richmond, you know, the school board, and uh, his bid for political, you know, all of it. I've been there with him. I watched, I saw my mother in his church, you know, catch the Holy Ghost and fall out. You know, I mean, I, I've seen it. I, I didn't have to, I didn't have to talk to him about it because, you know, the one thing my brother is consistent with that. So we have had many, many conversations, and uh, I was fully prepared to to take this on. All right, we are going to continue with Chad Coleman right on the other side of this break. I do have a couple of uh, a couple of other questions on that with regard to matters of faith. So uh, stick around here sure. for that. We will be right back. Let Google interrupt us, and uh, we will be back live from the bunker. Standby. We have 52 reasons to listen to this podcast, but they may change in six months. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Hi, everyone. Jason Hyde here, inviting you to join us every Saturday morning for news. The week's headlines in science fiction, fantasy, horror, comic books, video games, plus Comic-Con updates and the weather and the occasional interview along the way. We call it Good Morning Multiverse. We hope you join us every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 Central, right here on Sci-Fi For Me TV. The H2O Podcast, Monday night at 8, only on Sci-Fi For Me TV. Back live from the bunker, Jason Hutt here talking with Chad Coleman, who is the star of the movie A Christmas Prayer. And uh, Chad, we were talking a, a, a little bit about, you know, the experience that you've had growing up and, and your brother being a minister. The, the, the themes of this story, uh, you'd have a lot of faith-based productions that quality-wise may not necessarily be, you know, at the top of their game. There's always this question, if it's a faith-based production, it's lower quality or it's not quite as good or, you know, the performances or such. Was there any discussion on set while you guys were doing this that, you know, you talk about being a leader, being on set, we've got to bring our A game was there a concern anybody was going to look at this? Oh, it's a faith-based movie. It's going to be dismissed out of hand. I mean, is, is that ever a concern with, with productions like this? It can be. But I, I tell you, it does start with the writing. So Sky Dennis had already looked like he had kind of addressed that. You know what I mean? In the writing, uh, implicit in the writing was... I'm not going that route. Yeah. I'm not doing that. That's not why I'm writing this. And uh, so a lot of that was squelched. But in terms of what was spoken, it was what I'm saying. I'm bringing my A game. I'm not saying anything disparaging about anyone. I'm keeping the focus on me. And the focus on me says I show up the same way. I approach my work the same. I don't care what the content of subject is. I approach my work like this. I aspire to it to for it to go higher. <laughs> that's that's my approach. Period. So uh, he had done some of the work, and we brought the rest. And you know the TV one execs were on set, and they were no pun intended. They were on fire. No. I'm so excited. Like, oh, man. It's like, well, you, you know who signed on to do this, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm not doing Always Sunny right now. <laughs> you know right. So, so, you know, I bring it. I, I don't, I don't, I bring it. Well, and. But so and, does everybody else involved. They all, everybody was game like that. Um, and the next thing. I see. I see you're wearing the Superman and Lois hat. I expect you're bringing your A game to Bruno Mannheim, uh, coming up in the new season of Superman and Lois. What kind of experience was that for you? Now ah, you're the you're the bad guy in this one now. 
So they say. Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm here in Vancouver right now. We're still shooting. Uh, this has got to be the most. How do I put this? Uh, this is this is the most powerful man I've ever played. He's the most powerful. Second would be uh, Fred Johnson, you know, from The Expanse. Uh, this is the most powerful man I've played. Uh, a self-made man who transforms a community and, and uh, is revered by people. And when you have that kind of status and money and power, you're going to be under attack. There are many people that are not, uh, who, who will question your motives, who don't believe you are who you say you are, and want to treat you like a common criminal. Right. But that comes with the territory of a self-made man. So, uh, Someone said to me earlier today, they compared it to Bumpy Johnson. And I was like, that's a nice one. That's a nice comparison. I was kind of looking around for, uh, you know, uh, uh, someone in real life to kind of compare it to. It's not fully that. But uh, this man is a mountain of a man. And this, this role, they what 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 uh, Greg Berlanti and, and and these these showrunners have given me to do is I, truly I'm I'm I am floored and I am putting my foot so far through it. <laughs> I really can't wait for you guys to see this. This is this is everything I've ever done and then some. Yeah. It's just. The writing is incredible, fantastic directors. The showrunners are, are playing a shell game with the DC world in a tremendous way with all this social political underpinning. It's 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 amazing. I'm 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 grateful. I'm telling now, I, I, now some people will hear that and they'll start to get concerned because, you know, you have that question now of finding the balance between telling an entertaining story and engaging in in message type of things and we kind of mm -hmm. talked about that a little bit when we talked when we when we talked about the Orville because some of mm -hmm. the CW shows Supergirl especially kind of fell into that trap where all of the the modern era current events you know the show kind of got swept up in that a little bit more than maybe some people were were ready for is there mm -hmm. ever a concern you know how much of a challenge is it to find that balance and sit there and say, okay, because Superman and Lois is pure escapism yeah. more than what you're doing with a Christmas prayer. And, you know, now you have, you know, this, you know, everything that's going on in the world. We, we want to get away from that for a while. Is, is yeah. there, is there a concern, a challenge in finding that balance between story and relatability with everything outside? I think the showrunners have done an amazing job with that. Striking the right tone, the right balance, the give and take between, you know, I mean, even The Walking Dead had to do that and it skewed off, you know, at some point. But these guys are so early on. This is season three. Mm. Uh, they're striking the right tone. The balance, the balance is there. For me. Now, will you get everyone? <laughs> Come on. No, that's never going to happen. I well, don't care what anybody says. I have never enjoyed it. I have enjoyed it from the beginning. I thought these these this showrunner, Todd Helbing, really gets it. Um, yeah. You know, there is, of course, the concern of what's going to happen past season three now that CW has new ownership and their focus yes. is a little bit different. I, without without putting you on the spot and talking out of turn here, has there been any chatter on the set about what happens after season three? Has, have, has anybody given any indication that the show could go someplace else, or is it too soon for that? Um, I, I can't. That that would be like not above my pay grade. Okay. And 
I would say to you this, though. Um, there is a sense and a feel for me. This is just Chad speaking. The Orville felt like for me, Seth MacFarlane never said this, and no showrunner has said anything like this to me at all. But we're throwing it at you, baby. We're coming full blast. We're coming full blast. You know, wherever the chips fall, we're coming full blast. This it's 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 powerful. It's relentless. And um, I'm telling you, I you know how long I've been in this game. Yeah. It's been some amazing stuff that's happening here. I I everything I've done, it, it's these guys are hitting it. They're hitting it. So amazing. It makes me excited. You know, I'm not preoccupied with things I can't control. The creative experience I'm having with the actors, the writers, directors, the crew. Yeah, I'm like, now, is... speaking of control, have, have you have you thought about are you are you looking at you know, stepping behind the camera with any regularity and starting to direct anything, or you just want to be an actor, or how how is that working out? Uh, no, I'm I'm in the in the throes of producing things, and you know that's that's the long game, right? That, development, the writing, the you know all the all that comes with that, shaping a story to get to where these guys are, you know. Uh, no, that's that's definitely uh, in the briefcase for sure. Uh, I have to. I, I, I it's just that's an that, those are experiences that I really want to have. I, I I was able to produce my first short film and that was such an amazing experience collaborating with my ex girlfriend uh, Noemi Buttinger. Uh, we shot it in Austria, and her cousin Samuel Dysenberger, they're Austrian, and you know we were able to go over there through this collaboration, and and put this short film together that we finally uh, got it to. We had it in a couple of festivals so far, you know, Soho Film Festival and the Long Island uh, Film Festival. So uh, that just wet the appetite for me. And uh, I had the opportunity to team up with Bob Monroe, the visual effects specialist from uh, uh, The Expanse. And, and he did um, Altered Carbon. Okay. And, uh, and, and another dear friend and amazing writer, uh, Susan Hart. So we're cooking, up, we're cooking up a limited series. And uh, you know how that, that goes, like, you get everybody gets distracted with the other projects they're doing, and then we, you know, circle the wagons and keep pushing forward. And I'm I'm uh, excited about doing some work with the real Dennis Cuddy Vines from from The Wire. You know, uh, the backstory of the Cuddy you guys saw is his life. The series itself, the content was the life of Calvin Ford. Yeah, who is Javante Davis's trainer? He's a champ. So we want to go and just really now deal with Dennis Wise's story completely. So working, uh, working, putting that together with an amazing young man, D. Watkins, who wrote uh, "We Own the City." You know, so okay, right? Huge fan of David Simon, and David introduced me to him. So. Uh, just yeah, percolating, cooking up for sure. That that has to be a part of it. But also, I aspire to have an impact in the feature film world, like I have been able to have in the television world. So that keeps me on my toes and keeps me young at heart, <laughs> because I, I saw something earlier in my life in terms of film that I've yet to replicate. So I aspire to higher. And the feature film world as well. So, Black Panther three, 
Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> now, are are you are you in the mindset where you're you're looking to provide opportunities for new voices, new faces, people to come in that are maybe not necessarily as seasoned or as established? You know, you're talking about you know your your civic responsibility there. Does that also include a little bit of pay it forward attitude in terms of? You know, you're established, and now let's see if we can help other people get established. Oh, without a doubt. That, that's always been a part of it. You know, your gift is not your own. You know, it's for other people and to help other people. Now, you know, some of the work I do with other, with different organizations like Moving Mountains and Girls for Change and uh, uh, Make a Film Foundation and... Uh, uh, the work I do with Living Advantage for foster kids who age out of the system, that's 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 a part of the tapestry for sure. But getting in a position where I can help that young artist tell their story, yeah, definitely. All right. Now, um, telling stories, you hosted a podcast for a um, while. It's called the Humble Hollywood Podcast. And yeah. I'm seeing I'm seeing some stuff from the past. Is this it, you said it was being remastered? Are there new episodes that are on their way? Is this going to continue for you? Because I've seen oh, yeah. all sorts of different topics and different guests. You're you're covering a whole slew of different ideas and themes in this thing. It's not just about acting or story or, or anything like that. I mean, you're talking with astronauts and psychologists and relationship yes. experts and stuff. This this looks like it's a pretty interesting podcast. When does it come back? Oh, uh, that I don't know yet. We're still in the process of remastering, you know. But that was a learning experience as well, you know. I jumped in and uh and you know, we're we're swimming. Upstream? <laughs> <laughs> You seem to be holding your own pretty well in this. I, yeah. The the clips no, that I've no, seen, no. I'm like, yeah, he's doing pretty good. good. It's all good. <laughs> but when you start to talk about uh, whose hands the production value is in, you know, uh, that's a very uh, serious component. So uh, we've had to go back and readdress some things, but we're doing that. And my ability to do it? Oh, no question. I, I There's no question. I... I'm an inquisitive human being that has a modicum of intelligence and <laughs> an ability to communicate with another human being, and I enjoy it. Everybody that knows me is like, "Yeah, he likes to talk," <laughs> but I like, but I like to listen, and I'd like to have an exchange, like we're having an exchange now. Uh, that's something that just comes natural. To me, I, I came from a family of storytellers and listeners and inquisitive people and educated folks and and fun at the party for you know all different aspects of how we communicate and relate to each other and I, and I I don't have any problem bringing that to the table with another human being because I find human beings fascinating. Well, and it's and it's one of those things where the more the more people that you encounter and the more conversations you have, the more you can pull from those experiences and say, okay, how do I how do I approach this character? How do I approach this performance? You know, not necessarily imitating or aping somebody that you know or somebody that you've run across, but the stories that other people tell. Yeah, you know, I I try to get my kid to understand this. You know, you you don't necessarily have to learn just from your own experiences. There are other people around you you can learn from their experiences and you're not having to go through everything yourself. And I think yeah. for an actor, that's that's a a resource as well. When you've got all of these people you're encountering, whatever the situation is, it gives you more experience, more material that you can pull from to enhance your your performance as a as an actor and give that Absolutely. a little bit more believability a little bit more rea uh, realism you know that sense of inhabiting that character as opposed to just you know playing a role yeah absolutely and 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 the only way to really gain the vac the, the 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 value and traction from that is to be present and available with the people you're with 
Right. So that's that's how you that's how something unexplainable can be absorbed and you and be a value in another circumstance where you go, oh yeah, oh that was like I remember, you know, when when oh that yes, all of that. But the key to all of that is actually being inquisitive and present and curious. You know, I'm interested. I'm interested. I think everybody has everybody say everybody has a story. No, everybody has stories. Right. <laughs> so, so I'm interested in hearing about another person's life and and then bouncing it off of my like silent <laughs> assumptions and perceptions and go, oh my goodness, see, <laughs> this is why we shouldn't judge. This is why you should not project. So the more I understand that, the better listener I become and the more present I am because I don't have a clue. <laughs> you know? Have you I don't had... know what it is till you tell me. Yeah. I can assume a lot. I could be right three out of four hundred times. Doesn't matter. Show up, listen, listen, don't Think about the next question. Listen, listen, and the honest exchange will happen. So, yeah. now that's does, the problem. Does that come from an aha moment where you had that realization that this is this is an important part of dealing with people? Did you have a a particular point where you went, "Oh, this is this is important. I should be doing this." In terms of listening to other people and not being judgmental and having that having that moment where where you had that insight, um, if I if I could drill it down, it would probably be more personal to where I was not listening and I was not present. I was caught in my own head, and what I said <laughs> had to do with. Uh, the place I was in at that point, but I had the opportunity to meet this person again. And then they were able to articulate what that exchange was like. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. I <laughs> see. Oh, okay, chatty boy. Uh, let's, let's, let's work on that. Let's not, let's not show up like that, you know, uh, and that has to do a lot with like gratitude, not being in your head, meeting a person where they are. But really, it was it was a humbling experience. But a lot of this stuff, my brother was always, you know, talking to me about. Right. And we were having those because it's always a question of who are you as a man? Uh, my ex-wife, Sally, you know, actress. Sally Stewart was like, yeah, I know, you're a great actor, but who are you as a man? So I've always had people in my life that was like, mm -mm, check, check, check. So all of that kind of character building stuff uh, became very, very real for me. And uh, it's kind of an answer to the whole meanness of Hollywood. Look at me, I'm this, I'm that, you know. Right. No, it's, it's 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 wonderful to be able to do it and experience all these perks and things of that nature. But no, you gotta you gotta be on guard to not internalize that stuff to where it becomes entitlement. Right. Yeah, I can see I can see where that can be a real danger because you know uh, there are. There are a number of people out there, actors and, and performers, well, even even outside of Hollywood, you know, CEOs, people who buy into their own press and think mm -hmm. that they're, you know, this really great hot to trot thing. And maybe they are, maybe they're not. But it does affect how you treat other people. And, you know, it's, it's it says a lot about a person's character, not necessarily how they treat the CEO, but how they treat the, the busboy, you know, that kind of Absolutely. thing. So yeah. And that's and all, you know, it's built in, it's baked into this thing that's really a, an illusion. You know, yeah. that people's perception of me in that way is an illusion. 
That's the power of the medium. But you have to, oh, well, you don't have to do it again. But I, my suggestion is get to know yourself and be honest with yourself and work on yourself. Work on those aspects of yourself. And I can say that stuff like meditation is very much helped me to be able to quiet that kind of noise, that internal noise. Sure. And, and that, and that me, me, me. Because people do feed it. Because feeding that to them is feeding the possibility for them to prosper as well. I get that part. And then people feed it and they're not doing it for that reason. They're just saying, wow, the impact of what you do is really profound in the way you tell stories. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, I get it. But you know what? I wake up honestly the same way. I need oxygen and gravity just like you. <laughs> and that's the truth. <laughs> Well, so, and it's that relatability, that, I think, that, that people that people can connect with you a little bit more as a not just as a performer, but just as as Chad, you know, as as a person, you know, right. you're you're not, you know, this hoity toity nose up in the air type of, you know, oh, look at me, I'm mm-hmm. an actor, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. And I think that yeah. that that has that carries a lot of weight that that goes that goes the distance. That's interesting. I, I wonder, I really as I look at it. I think my brother had more to do with helping me understand that. And then, you know, believe it or not, man, the industry can humble you sometimes. <laughs> I'm sure. I can tell you that after the wire, I didn't think, oh, man, I made it. I got it. <laughs> like, yeah, there was some of that there, but there was a very, there was very humbling experiences that came along with that. And fortunately, I had my brother to help me with that perspective and my ex-wife to help me with that perspective and, you know, to to understand how to continue. I'm, I'm a work in progress. I continue to grow. I, can, I continue to aspire not to any form of perfection, but as showing up as my best self. Now, and that's just real for me. Uh, it matters. It matters to me. Yeah, uh, yeah. and, and, I, and I, I just have a, I have a bunch of folks to, 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 to tip my hat to. My uncle being one of them as well. Uh, but these people were all, you know, my brother and my uncle were very gentle with me. You know, to say, hey, man. Here's another option. Here's another way of seeing. Is it possible that that's in you as well? And it helped a lot. It helped. And my and, 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 and my ex-wife, no question, she 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 helped too. She's a little less gentle. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> well, I, I didn't say that. I goes, didn't say that. <laughs> yeah, it goes it goes to that story about you know there are two wolves inside you. Which one do you feed? Yeah, right. That's it's, right. It's that kind of that's thing. Right. So, I but, love that, and I love that. But with your success, there comes opportunity to, you know, hey, well, I want to do X and so project. And, you know, mm-hmm. the more successful people have a chance to do that kind of thing. Is there something out there? You talk about developing this this project with The Wire. Is there something out there that you sit there and you just really have a burn to get this particular story told that you haven't been able to do yet? Um, in the Prisoner of the moment uh, side of things, a documentary about the UVA uh, shootings and that young man, uh, he's from Richmond, Virginia. Uh, That um, definitely want to do a documentary on that. So many layers to it. Uh, want to unpack that completely and absolutely in a documentary, uh, taking a look at the African American male experience and uh, just a, a full-on examination of it. Uh, and then, now the Dennis Wise, because again, something that is deeply rooted in me, uh, redemption. 
And then he spent 40 years incarcerated, you know? And were it not for a snafu in, like, I think, 1979, uh, the way the jury the jury was being informed in, in particular cases, it was biased. They found that so he was able to come home. And people don't think of guys like this as a family man. Right. And so it's being able to remove the veil of the mysticism and the larger than lifeness and the big bad and get down to he's a grandfather, he's a great grandfather. What does that look like? Uh, how is the community willing to or not embrace it? How much can he be removed from his past? What's his life like with his children, his grandchildren? What's the life like with the wife, the mothers? All of that I find fascinating. And uh, I think it's very important to show that that side of this man. Yeah. It's, a, it's a real humanization deal. Uh, so that's really important to me. And uh, the other things are, are just, I, um, yeah, I, I would like, you know, I just want to be, I do want to be the lead in these uh, in big, impactful, you know, films that examine uh, race and how we relate to each other and dispel some myths. And, you know, I don't think I've absolutely seen my own personal experience and walk through this life especially in terms of race and how I relate to people and, right. you know, my, the humanity. I don't think I've absolutely seen that. Uh, it's all going to be politicized anyway, but. <laughs> <laughs> what can you do, right? Non-political way yeah. as I can to say that I believe in humanity and I've always approached people in that way. And, look at this experience and so yeah i think it's very important for me to be able to tell those personal stories you know maybe through other forms you know sure maybe animation or things of that nature too but i think it's very important i want to see me on that big screen like how i am and how i relate to people period i do want to see that i don't know how the story is yet but Definitely want to do that. Well, Chad Coleman is the lead in the ensemble for the uh, for the movie A Christmas Prayer, which premieres on TV One December 11th at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern. And uh, we, uh, speaking of family, we've got a request in the in the chat for you to come back with your brother for an interview at some point. So uh, maybe you can oh. maybe you can convince him. <laughs> oh no, I don't have to convince him because we did. In, in Richmond, Virginia, uh, I think I believe it was the Times Dispatch uh, did a feature on us together. So that would mean the world to both of us. Uh, so yeah, that you got it. Let's let's <laughs> let's pencil that in. All right, Chad Coleman is uh, is with us. Uh, thanks very much for uh, giving us the hour today, sir. I really appreciate it, and good luck with the film. And uh, all and and we're looking forward to season three of Superman and Lois. Have fun with that, and we'll definitely we'll definitely do this again. Thank you for your thoughtfulness and just you're a good guy. I, f I feel your energy, and I appreciate you. And I do look forward to coming back, based on your energy and just the nature of how thoughtful you are and considerate. I really appreciate it. I appreciate that. Thank you very much, sir. Indeed. All right. And thanks to all of you for being here in the chat. This is one step closer to our 500th episode coming up on December 30th. So uh, do uh, do stick around for that. Uh, we do have a number of things happening. Tomorrow is our money edition. So uh, be here for that. On Friday, we've got Open Line Friday. And then on Saturday... Good evening, Multiverse uh, is going to be an evening edition of our news wrap-up. And then on Monday, we'll be talking on the H2O podcast about callbacks and Easter eggs. 
Uh, so check that out as well. So that's going to do it for us today, this special Tuesday edition. <sighs> we got through it, and we are going to keep going here. Uh, we're excited. 500's on the way. So thanks very much for being here, folks. Remember, there are four lights. This has been a presentation of SciFiForMe.com. Copyright 2022 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi For Me Radio. 